Welcome back to the Once Water Podcast. We are your hosts, Chloe and Heather. I'm Heather, by the way, in case you don't know our voices yet. <laughs> Chloe, introduce yourself. Hello. <laughs> That's Chloe. She doesn't I don't, like I don't always sound like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> As you hear my deep voice now. <laughs> we are the co-founders of the Shadow Collective on Patreon, a collective healing community. Um, <clears throat> each week on this podcast, we talk candidly about things that we've found essential to healing while creating abundant lifestyles for ourselves, for our careers, for our friends, for our clients, and our collective community. So we believe that the universe provides us with like literally everything that we need to holistically heal ourselves. And we're just here to shine some light on some shit that nobody really wants to talk about. So buckle in because it might get awkward. It might be funny. It might be, some might even say hilarious, uh, could be uncomfortable. (laughs) It's definitely, definitely going to be humbling. um, And we hope enlightening and rewarding as well. Um, as we go through the growing pains that come with living, manifesting, and honoring our most abundant selves. Yes. So welcome back, everybody. We took no break. We ended season one last week. It's pretty crazy that um, we're here, but we are here, and we are here for it. So for this episode, we are changing things up in this style for this season, um, but for, we are going to keep doing these episodes where we go back into different texts, different uh, pieces of written resource where we've just found these pieces of information to be really crucial and where we're at, um, our healing process, everything that we're going through. Because even though we've found multiple platforms where Heather and I can come together and talk about things and collectively about what's going on, there's still a lot that goes on that you know, we still don't share and still, you know, things that happen, you know, behind the scenes. Um, So we're ready for this season to turn it up a notch in terms of reflection to get a little bit deeper and get a little bit more vulnerable and share, share a little bit more of those shadowy stuff. And honestly, I'm ready for it to get hilarious. So I'm I'm ready to see where it takes me. (laughs) (laughs) I would just like to live in hilarity. So let's get into it. Yeah, but really, though, like, life's too short to be so serious. So we welcome the hilarity. Yes, we have to find some some of that, some of the humor in, in life. And, you know, as and you, you are absolutely right, as we as I get older, I, you know, th- there is a lot of joy in not taking myself too personally, um, or seriously, not take not taking other things that people are saying too personally or too seriously. Um, and you find that you, you go more with the flow when you live like that and you live more fluidity rather than, you know, trying to control all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, live with less judgment too. Oh yes. And don't we, don't we know that? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely been something that I've been working on the last couple of weeks as well. Yeah. Speaking of what we've been working on the last couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot. If you, if you care about us and you're then like on social media with us and you've been like coming to our Thursday truths and like, you just showed us any love at all. You would know we've been talking about <laughs> <laughs> like balancing feminine and masculine energy energies and connecting with the divine feminine and you know how we've both had our struggles with this. Um, and they might manifest a little bit differently for us but I think the underlying threads are very similar a lot of the time and so one thing I was excited to share for this episode was an excerpt from the page in the next world tarot um, book that comes with the deck because I pulled a card I was just like let me just get like a little bit of insight about something that I need to be considering in this process you know And I assume it will benefit the collective as well. (laughs) So (laughs) probably will. If we know ourselves well, it probably will. Yes, exactly. Um, So like I said, this is the Next World Tarot by Chrissy C. Road. It is in our resources resources document um, that's in the show notes and will be in our link tree on all of our social media by the time you hear this as well. So if you're like, I want to see what she's talking about, or I want to buy that deck because it's fire, 
check out our resources document and it'll take you there. So you can, you too can have this deck. You're welcome. Word. Blessings from the shadow. <laughs> exactly. So what came up was page of pentacles and it did come up reverse. If you read reversals, consider that what you will. Um, but I just wanted to read you, this isn't a reading. Okay. I just wanted to read you what, she, what she wrote, what Christy wrote. And she wrote as youth, we scavenge for belonging. And once we find it, we note its sacred quality. Leaving the subcultural nest or whatever safety net led you into adulthood is daunting, but necessary. The page of pentacles asks you to step in with conviction, make your painstaking creations and believe you are the shit. You are to be riddled. You may be riddled with the disbelief and lack of support of others. You may fall into the trap they built for you. But the Page of Pentacles only appears in times of taking control and owning the magic you wield. This is the fruit of your work and the threshold into your calling. Disregard the unconstructive feedback, cherish the truths, and keep your eyes on your heart. That's so beautiful. I love love that book for that deck, too. So It's amazing. Yeah, y'all need to jump on that one. I've never read a page and been like... That was lame, or like that doesn't apply, or whatever. It's just like it always hits, it always hits. But I just love that because I think, and I think what you're going to talk about when you inter- when you go through your quotes, um, that idea of the social, the subcultural nest or safety net. You know, I think we talked about this on Thursday Truce as well. The idea of like not really presenting as yourself, but presenting as what you've calculated to be the most efficient maneuvering like identity for the circle that you're in and like that's for me that's in one of the one of the ways one of the things that she's talking about and it's just like it it's helpful in some ways because it allows you to maneuver within that subculture or within that structure with maybe more fluidity but the way that you're moving within yourself is now rigid and has to go around all of these scaffolds that you've built to these other characters, basically that you like present as, because you can't just be honest about who you are. You can't just like create to create, you know, you got to create to serve a certain social function um, or present a certain way or do whatever. So I don't know. That has really been, I keep going back to it. I keep rereading it and it's been impactful for me. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, myself included. I think that's why a lot of people find themselves in situations when they are healing, you know, they realize, you know, whatever mask they've been wearing around whichever group of people, you know, socially, you know, family wise, you know, whatever it may be with themselves, even, and you find yourself, you know, where you do have to be honest. And at the end of the day, you're either putting up the front or it's that honesty is, you know, riding away on the inside of that shadow. And for some people, it gets to that point where you want to say, no, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. I don't feel comfortable living in this sort of way where I'm doing things for other people. Um, and I know that you and I talked about this and the reason why I think, you know, I, it's great that you led with that because the reality is, is because, you know, we all want a sense of belonging. We all want to feel loved. We all want this sense of, you know, community where we're not alone. Um, you know, I think realistically in the last year, especially a lot of people have been dealing with that. And the reality is, is that that feeling is not going to go anywhere. Um, and I think it's difficult when we have such a strong, natural push for belonging kind of like okay well how in in this human body vessel that i have with this soul that i have that i'm that i'm working out that i'm that i'm elevating and i'm allowing it to shine brighter how do i then keep that in the midst of all of this other shit (laughs) that's going on in our lives right and i think that's really the challenge that we're settled with especially and all of our journeys look different on this path and what that looks like um, but that sense of belonging, you know, comes from this, uh, this soul nerve, this vagus nerve. And all of my passages, all three um, that I have, they're all from the book, My Grandmother's Hands by Rizma Menachem. 
Um, and it's uh, the under part of it is racialized trauma and the pathway to mending our hearts and bodies. And um, my therapist recommended this book to me um, almost a year ago now. Holy cow. Almost a year ago. Um, sorry, had like an in moment realization of how long it's been. Um, and there's, there's a lot about this book that hit me in a lot of ways. One, because a lot of the issues that I feel like where we're at as a country, this book does a really great job of being able to facilitate the type of thoughts that would accommodate the type of healing that you're looking for. Um, if, you know, just being, you know, a black person in America, person of color in America, period, being a white person too. Um, I love the exercises that he goes to, to really get that train of thought going, because that's really what it is, is it's a thought process. Healing is that mental aspect, but it's also about what happens in the body. And the point of me saying all that is, um, this real sense of belonging is something that's very physical. It exists in this soul nerve. And I just want to read this little passage for you guys. Um, the soul nerve is not a nerve in the way we typically think of one. It is a highly complex and extraordinarily sensitive organ that communicates through vibes and sensation. This communication, not only between different parts of the body, um, it occurs not only between different parts of the body, excuse me, but also from one person to another. Your soul nerve reaches into most of your body, including your lungs, throat, heart, stomach, liver, spleen, pancreas, kidney, and gut, both your large and small intestines. It is the largest organ in your body's autonomic nervous system, which regulates all of your body's basic functions. And then he continues to say... Um, we are now only beginning to understand how the soul nerve works. The organ itself was not identified until 1921, and much of what we know of today was discovered only in the past two decades. There are a great many things about it that we still don't understand. We do know that the soul nerve is where we experience a sense of felt love, compassion, fear, grief, dread, sadness, loneliness, hope, empathy, anxiety, caring, disgust, despair, and many other things that make us human. When your body has an, has an emotional response, such as when your stomach clenches, your voice catches, or your pulse races, your shoulders tighten, your breath quickens, your body braces for impact, or you have a sense of danger that's lurking, that's your soul nerve at work. And I think... Um, I wanted to leave that there because I think when we go on this healing journey and I think relatively for what I've experienced right now, you know, I think a lot of it really is the idea that when you, I, you know, when you, when you get to a point of healing where you're focused on your disciplines and you're focused on your mindset and you're focused on where you want to be, you find yourself becoming more in tune with how your body feels. Um, but also too, your soul nerve actually gets stronger. It's, it's, it's like any organ, any muscle, you have to practice using it and you have to practice being honest with how a lot of all of the, that long list of emotions make ourselves feel in these situations. So to go back to what Heather was saying is, you know, a lot of what we've been dealing with is this, you know, this delicate balance of masculine and feminine energy you know, a lot of this healing process for me has been tapping into that soul nerve and going back in all of these things and really assessing this long list and why, and if I'm feeling those feelings, why? And if I'm feeling those motives or if I want to feel these certain feelings out of a situation, why do I want to feel that situation? You know, like I'm starting to look at how I'm manifesting things and using the soul nerve and the bank of information that I've collected to really look at how we can start, how I can start to fine tune things. Um, and being connected with the body is just a really great way to do that. So I know that was super long. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you went into all of that. I think it's really important because everything that you're saying, right? Like the being in touch with the body in that way, it also is, it's a direct connection um, to being in touch with other people. And I, I don't think that we think about that enough, like collectively, right? How 
just as we are getting a signal when talking about something, going back and forth with like our partner about something um, that we didn't think we were upset about and then having like your throat tighten (laughs) and you get a little choked up for a second and you're like, wait, let I have to really think about this for a second because apparently this, you know, there's something else happening here that like this matters more than I thought it did consciously. And it's just, it's a, it's like in a, in the moment response that lets you know that there's something that needs attention before you continue forward or as you continue forward um, in some cases. And it's cool when you can see it in the moment for what it is and take that pause and say, okay. Um, But it's really, really hard to, and like, I think it can start from a place of reflecting on those signals afterwards, um, you know, in retrospect, even, you know, like it passed, I did the opposite thing of what (laughs) that was telling me I should have done. Like, why did I do that? You know, why, why didn't I choose the quote unquote right thing or what I felt like was the right thing? Why did I betray myself in this way? And just being honest about the fact that we did it, (laughs) you know? Um, Cause like, yeah, we want to get it right, but like, we're never, we're never going to get it right all the time. And we have to be just as willing to like part of strengthening, part of strength, strengthening. Wow. I don't know why that word was so hard for me to say. Sorry. (laughs) Part of strengthening it is, acknowledging where we struggle to be to look at and like making the effort to look at it um yeah because i i think at the right because i think at the end of the day it's solidifying again that self-worth right and i love that you said um just now about um not degrading yourself but your what did you just say it was um Girl, I don't know. I like black. You're out. like, you're like, def- talk. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's like you're, you, you're, it's, you're hurting yourself when you self sabotage. But no, you're betraying yourself. That's what you said. Oh, yes. Um, you betray yourself. And I think what, there has to be a certain point when we are in a spot of healing where, you know, we do have to hold again a sense of honesty and accountability when we do something that we're not supposed to do. It is kind of a betrayal. And a lot of times we don't think of it like that because we don't value ourselves to that extent. Mm -hmm. We don't value ourselves enough to say, look, this is really betraying me to do this. You know, it's betraying me to operate, you know, too much in a masculine or feminine, you know, energy. It's it's betraying me too much to, um, to entertain an energy that isn't necessarily working with me right now or doesn't validate me or doesn't listen or, or doesn't, you know, reciprocate in the way that I reciprocate. You know, it bet- I betray myself when I don't hydrate myself properly or nourish myself properly, you know, and I think, you know, not to look at it from that lens, but it really is, again, a, an elevation of self-worth, you know, knowing that you can get all of those things from yourself and, and the real sitting with yourself and, and really validating that um, comes from, you know, really being able to settle yourself when you do get such intense feelings, when something does make you uncomfortable. Um, and I'll give a really good example, like the last basically month where, you know, I didn't, we didn't really know where to take any of this. You know, we talked about it a lot in the last episode, but creatively I was in a funk for like a couple weeks and I didn't even know it, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. I knew it, but I didn't know it. And, um, when, when I'm looking back at all, all of this stuff, you know, it really took me settling to kind of calm myself down and being able to sit in the idea of, okay, this isn't working right now. And I need to get in touch with my body. You know, I need to better communicate with my body. I need to activate this soul nerve a little bit. And I need to get into better connection with myself because the reality is I found myself in a situation where I'm trying to communicate so hard with everybody else that I'm not communicating with myself. Um, and a lot of the healing journey is self-communication and the validation of the self-worth and the elevation of it. Um, so, you know, just going back to all of that masculine and feminine energy, you know, what really one of those things as part of that example is, you know, getting back into sensual dancing, you know, that's something I never do. 
Um, but that's body communication. It's body fluidity. I think about when I think about being feminine, you know, it's always, you know, who is that for? Who are you being feminine for? And then that turns into what type of feminine do I want to be? Because I'm trying to appease the other person. Right. And how exhausting is that to try and be a type of feminine for somebody else? And I realize that I've spent my whole life trying to be a certain type of feminine to fit the mold of whatever it was I wanted belonging from, because I didn't have a sense of control or self-worth in myself that I can be that person for myself. I don't need to be so catastrophically codependent, (laughs) Chloe, you know, like I don't need to be that way. I can have a sense of energy and give that to myself. Um, so really getting in, in, in communication, you know, I, I can go on and on and on about this, but really the reason why I started with it is because it really is that, that reality that there is some, there is a real life organ that goes through all of our other organs that is connected in one way or another. And I think sometimes we forget how connected all of these parts are. Um, and when it comes to getting in tune with ourselves, we can really optimize on all of this stuff and really find a sense of belonging within our own so that we can just have that energy positively affect those around us instead of having it be from some, you know, like maladaptive leachy energy where it's like, I can't get this from myself. So I need to get it from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. Everything you said, straight fire. And like, love, I love the sensual dancing and like the, the question you asked of um, who is this for, right? Like, mm-hmm. who am I trying to be feminine for? Because that question is really important. And I found that question to be important for myself as well. So I think, yeah, part of like the power that you get to take back in that is like, I don't know about you, but when I'm sensually dancing, it's I'm by myself, <laughs> you know, like nobody's mm-hmm. around. I've set the mood for myself, you know, cause it's just like, this is for like, this is for me. Right? Yes. I think it's important to like, take yourself on a little date and do what you want to do. I think like, and just not judging that and just like letting yourself feel good and like taking care of is really hard to do, but like it starts with contrived experiences. Mm hmm. And it doesn't matter what your gender is. You know, again, Mm -hmm. we talk, we've said this before and I'll say it again. We all have fluid masculine and feminine energy within us. And in order for every human being to operate at their highest potential, there has to be a fluidity of balance of both. It's never always going to be equal just like, you know, shadow and light, yin and yang. It's not a straight line down the middle but it finds its way waved in balance and it moves as it needs to. Um, and, you know, I definitely, you know, getting in touch with that is so important because that's where we create. And when we spend our time, especially here in this space, if you're with us, where you are trying to find the resources and the words and the insight and the motivation to do the work to heal, a lot of that healing is feminine, A lot of that healing love and compassion that we want for ourselves, that's feminine. That's not masculine. So if we want that for ourselves, we have to remember that we need to retain that feminine energy within us or we're just putting out that masculine energy and it's coming right back to us. And that's where I realized that that's where I was. You know, it was, it was hard. You know, I, it's, I was so aggressive. I wanted shit so much, uh-huh. but what I wanted was a soft shit. <laughs> what I wanted was uh-huh. the love and the compassion and the, and the, you know, the, the cute self-worth and the, and the hugs and the compassion for myself and the free, all of that, all of that is mushy gushy, you know, uh-huh. it's not rugged. It's not rigid. I make like, it tell me what's that. I'll make them give it to you. It's like, okay, well, it's you, first of all. So if you yeah. could just sit down and like let it come to you, that would be great. We choose to make it, I, you know, we choose to make it rugged and rigid in that sense when, when mm-hmm. we're not able to see that, you know, see where, see how full or empty our cups are in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think of it as we have a lot of cups, you guys. We don't just have one cup. 
our life is too complicated to just have one cup. <laughs> if it makes your mind easier for you to break it up into cups and categories, then absolutely do that. Um, but, you know, and, and, but and also think about it like it's a cup pyramid, though. You know, because like yes. they're all they're all connected and like they flow and they all pour into yeah, like those beautiful champagne, those champagne, like you know, on New Year's the, where it's just, the coupe glasses. Yeah, where you pour yeah. the top and it just floods down. Like think about yeah. that. You know that where that energy comes from that that ever flowing water, femininity. You know, spirituality, self love, compassion, self where That's all feminine. Yeah. So you know and i think that's where a lot of people are finding themselves especially right now you know finding themselves either mm-hmm. needing feeling their their feminine cups drained because you know as a as a collective we're just trying to do so much because there is so much to do you know there's a lot to do in the world mm-hmm. in our personal lives um but you know we also need to find time to settle yeah and it's like there's always going to be too much to do So am I going to live, am I going to create an existence for myself in which I'm running on this wheel, always trying to do, take care of everything when in reality, I know I can't, I know it will never be enough. Or can I just be, it's, or can I shift that focus instead of achieving everything to achieving myself and like making that my priority, making that my focus, and then letting that show up in whatever situation I find myself in. Um, And I think the latter is what I'm realizing, and it sounds like you're realizing, and we're all kind of hopefully realizing needs to happen. Because if we are constantly trying to basically integrate into everything we need to integrate into in the most seamless way possible. And we're like putting the stress on ourselves to essentially lie, right. By like creating personas that don't fully identify with ourselves to make other people potentially more comfortable or to shield ourselves from something perceived judgment, whatever. It's like, we are not free to move with the flow of life. So, and when, and that's that ma- that is masculine to me. That's masculine because it's like I'm gonna do what I need to do to get this done. When it's like, okay, but maybe some of those things don't work for you. And so maybe that that's not where like maybe you need to navigate elsewhere. And if you were just more comfortable being yourself, um, then you would know where that is. And that like just being yourself and being comfortable being yourself is in that the femininity. <laughs> femininity exactly and i mean like let's talk about let's so let's talk about the difference there because now that we've talked about you know some of the things that you know people might be recognizing in their own life if you've been listening if you're you're hearing things you know things that are coming up for you it's now it's kind of like you think about okay well the path to healing like what do i do and i what i want to say in this next quote is there's a really big difference between um settling and healing. And I've said settling now a couple of times, and I definitely want to elaborate on that because the way that when you feel a body response or a trigger or not even something that seems as much of a body response as it would, even if you just get news or you hear something that you didn't necessarily want to hear and you hear your stomach or you feel your stomach tighten a little bit, or you, you feel your throat or you gulp or you know, whatever it is, you know, there's a difference between settling and healing. And a lot of times people feel like, okay, well, if I'm able to control that emotion, then I, and I'm calming down while I'm healing. Nay, 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 nay. nay. That is not the case, my friend. Okay. So we're going to read more. Here's some more wisdom from Reese Mamenikem. Okay. On the, on the idea of settling learning to settle your body and practicing wise and compassionate self-care is not about reducing stress. They're about increasing your body's ability to manage stress as well as creating more room for your nervous system to find coherence and flow. Settling is not the same thing as healing. It is an all important foundation for healing. A settled body invites and accepts efforts to mend it. An unsettled body 
tends to resist those efforts. Unfortunately, some people learn to settle their bodies, but misuse that ability. Instead of inviting and accepting healing, they use settling in a neurotic way to avoid healing. When they face a conflict or difficulty, they don't settle themselves and then work through the clean pain. Instead, they flee the situation and then partly soothe on their settled bodies with meditation, prayer, yoga, hiking, and so on. They use settling as a form of dirty pain rather than as a support for moving through clean pain. Which... I don't know if you can hear my snaps, but oh, I was snapping I, for you. <laughs> I can. Um, okay. And I'll, I want to keep going too. For most, there's nothing wrong with any of these practices. In fact, I often recommend them. For most people, most of the time they are healthy. But when someone uses any activity to avoid growing up or facing clean pain, it's my job as a therapist to call him or her out on it. Others, in an effort to avoid anxiety and hypervigilance, oversettle their bodies into a state that resembles depression. This, too, can be a flight response. Try, um, well, then he goes into, um, like, body practices that you can do. So if you're someone who is liking what you're hearing so far and you would like to know breathing practices that you can do in something like this. Um, Riesma Menachem is a trained licensed therapist and this book gives a lot of different breathing exercises. Um, but I'm, I did want to touch on that because that is something that, you know, when we're in our places of healing, we have to assess whether the things that we're doing are helpful and beneficial to our healing or if they're self-sabotaging. And we spoke a lot, you know, last season and over the last months on all of the forms of self-sabotage, all of the ways and what they look like. Um, but I think the part that really hits home here and what I think needs to be amplified a little bit is the idea where, you know, people see conflict and they run and then they try and cover it up with things like meditation, prayer, yoga, hiking, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And I think the reason that's really important is because those are all things that we talk about here as things that you can do to help ground yourself and help do all those things. What I think is really important that I'm really glad he uses those exact things to actually talk about how you can use that um, as a form of sabotage is because it really does require you to look at the form of honesty and understand why something makes you feel uncomfortable. And a lot of the times we just don't do that because it's uncomfortable. Um, but he does talk about the difference between, um, if you hadn't noticed, clean and dirty pain. Um, and I don't know if anybody knows the difference between clean pain and dirty pain, but it is my last little quote. So I'm going to sneak it right in here just because it's all really relevant. Um, so healing trauma involves recognizing, accepting, and moving through pain, clean pain. It often means facing what you don't want to face, what you have been reflexively avoiding or fleeing. By walking into that pain, experiencing it fully, and moving through it, you metabolize it and put an end to it. In the process, you also grow, create more room in your nervous system for flow and coherence, and build your capacity for further growth. Clean pain is about choosing integrity over fear. Big one. Big one there. I'm going to say that again. Clean pain is about choosing integrity over fear. It is about letting go of what's familiar but harmful, finding the best parts of yourself, and making a leap with no guarantee of safety or praise. This healing does not happen in your head. It happens in your body. And it's more likely to happen in a body that can stay settled in the midst of conflict and uncertainty. When you come out the other side of this process, you'll experience more than just relief. Your body will feel more settled and present, which is really important too. Um, there will be a little more freedom in it and more room to move. You will experience a sense of flow. You will also have grown up a notch. And what, what will your situation look like when you come out the other side? You don't know. You can't know. That's how the process works. 
You have to stand in your integrity, accept the discomfort, and move forward into the unknown. The alternative paths of avoidance, blame, and denial are all paved with dirty pain. When people respond from their most wounded parts of, and choose dirty pain, they only create more of it, both for themselves and for other people. Now, that passage is so important um, because think about it. When we think about something, like here's an example. You're at a gas station and there's a line and, you know, somebody's taken too long. Um, somebody's taken too long. There's a little, you know, there's, you're trying to get to work. Some the person behind you is trying to get to work. You're trying to, you find yourself trying to not lash out because the person's honking their horn behind you, or they're just saying things right. Obviously. And if you've been in that situation, um, you might get a body response, right? It's um, I know in my, in that situation, I almost feel like a whole tingling going on in my whole body, right? You feel your blood get hot. It's kind of like you feel the blood boiling. That is an immediate body response that is normal and it happens. And what can somebody do in that situation? They can either in that moment, take the breath that they need to and find ways to productively exert their anger later, safely, however that is. And then they find space. If you're able to do that, how often do you find yourself not thinking about that? I guess the point of me saying that is how often do you find yourself with a really big body response and you find yourself thinking about it and thinking about it for hours on end, what you could have done. Oh, this person made me feel this. And then you're bothered for the whole rest of the day, right? That is dirty pain. Because at that point, you've chosen to continue to have a small encounter with a stranger rattle your nervous system so much that it is occupying all of the mental space in your brain. And when we think about having events like that, even as something, quote unquote, as little as that, over and over and over and over, day by day by day in different situations, hitting different nerves and different organs and different things, we, we have to remember great suffering. Yeah, it's constant. And when we don't, it, it's, it's almost kind of like we think, we think about that right there. And then we think about how realistic having shit happen every day in a different way, every single day. It's almost kind of like you have to stop and think how much shit can I really fit in my brain? How mm. much am I really thinking about? How much am I not allowing to massage out of my brain because that's really what it is is an energy blockage right we talk about that too you know being able to recognize that pain and really massage it and and console it or beat it out of a pillow you know i'm all for that you know safely get the energy out but holding on to it holding on to that dirty pain is what actually propels us to make more choices that hurt us because they're not rooted in that right place. They're not rooted in the wisdom that we've gained from that situation. They're not rooted in the newfound intelligence that we could have gained from closing our mouth or just waiting and being patient. You know, we, we allow ourselves to consciously act, actively work in that dirty pain when we don't allow ourselves to do it. So to bring both of those together and round up my thoughts, because I feel like I've been talking forever, <laughs> um, to round that off, I think, you know, when we're in a spot where we want to heal, especially right now with everything going on, a lot of people are feeling a lot of things. It's really important to differentiate at this point what healing and being able to calm your body down looks like. Know that there is a difference and then also being able to kind of see where what your dirty pain looks like and what your clean pain looks like. If operating in those, why you're operating in those things, who are they benefiting when you operate in that, when you work on, in that function, when you are working in that pain and each type of pain and find yourself healing and giving yourself the, the things that you need instead of giving it to everything else outside of you. Um, yes, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. All of that was super important. And like, as you were talking about the clean pain and dirty pain, I'm thinking about 
um, I'm visualizing like a sieve, like a sifter, you know, and what every time we choose to not look at something or not be honest about something or not engage in something or like use avoidant behaviors about something or just push through something that we shouldn't, you know, we are choosing to take in some like sticky, nasty sludge that clogs up our like strainer. And so then we're working with limited data all the time because we're overloaded because we have blockages but it's like we can just face it and do the thing right um and embrace that clean pain as it was as it was so eloquently put and our our sieve opens back up and it's like it's like that feeling when like smokers don't realize that they can't breathe well because they've just been so consistently not breathing well <laughs> so they think that this is just how breathing feels and then they quit smoking and they're like wow nobody told me this was what breathing feels like and it's like yeah we did bro but like you didn't hear it why because your strainer was clogged so i love that and i think we all can we all not all of us i guess but you might be <laughs> you might go to a yoga class right for example or go to some kind of whatever you know, therapeutic experience people hide behind. You might go to the gym regularly and you can see the people who like are just, I feel like they radiate health. They radiate like wellness. You can see the people who are there as a performance. You can see, you can pinpoint those people, right? But like part of this is acknowledging, are you one of those people? Um, because what it ends up becoming performative when you're, you know, going to yoga or you're putting, doing a meditative practice to um, settle yourself instead of heal yourself. Right. Or instead of facing what's going on or to be like, see, I'm doing the work. So now I don't have to do the actual work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I don't have to do the actual work is largely unsaid. And then it, it's like, so what are you doing this for then? So the other people think that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's all very important to think about. And it, it we can see it very easily in other people, but it takes a lot of honesty to see it within ourselves. And it's like, if I, if I own up to this, then everybody's going to know. It's like, no, honey, everybody already knows. You're the one that's late to the party. Mm-hmm. So feel free to change it. Yeah. Cause it's not cute. <laughs> and there is a big like acceptance with that, right? Like it's, I think a, a lot of that really comes down to, again, like the student mentality. It's the, the consistent like humbling. And we always have situations that humble us, but it's, it's either, you know, what perspective are we living in that we're able to see it and not, you know, kind of going back to the, you know, smokers can't really realize how hard it is to breathe until you stop smoking. You know, I can definitely attest to that. I smoked for six years. I can't, I, my voice is different now that I haven't smoked for over a year. I didn't realize you and that, Cyrus, girl. you know, it's like, I didn't, you know, I had people see me after, you know, seven, eight years being like, wow, you sound different. And I'm like, really, really? I didn't know. No, I didn't sound that bad, but it, you know, you don't realize what changes because you live so much in a world and healing when, when done in community, in, in, in healthy community, when done in healthy ways, when working through clean pain instead of dirty pain, you find yourself constantly humbling yourself and saying, okay, look, this isn't the motivation that I wanted, right? Kind of going back to your example about going to the gym. You know, I definitely know I've, I've been in the gym in the past, not for myself. <laughs> I've definitely been in the gym for other people because I wanted to look a certain type of way because I wanted to do this and that and that. And, you know, it hurt me badly in the end game. And it took a lot for me to pull myself out of that and say, okay, well, you know what, this time I want to be healthy for me. I want to mm-hmm. be healthy, not because I want to look a certain way, but because I want to live for a long time. You know, I want to be healthy, not because I want my boyfriend or my fiance or whoever the crush was at the time to like me. I want to be hot because I want to be hot in bed with myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think along the way we find ourselves getting pulled away from that, but our healing journey brings us closer to that. And that at first might seem like an uncomfortable thing, doing things for ourselves. It might feel selfish, but the reality but when is you got hot for somebody else, you didn't feel hot anyway, did you? <laughs> No, exactly. Did you or did you not? Was it that thing that made you feel hot? Was it that person? 
maybe in that moment, but I remember plenty of times going home to my bed at the end of the night and feeling like shit because the, the, the image is shattered. They're not there. So who is it for now? Cause it's not for me. It was for somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? And I, you know, we can't, and, and that's exactly it. You know, we find our, when we are on this place of healing, we find ourselves more drawn towards the things that are selfish and we really do have to rewrite how far deep the things go that we're allowed to do for ourselves, that we don't need something else that's external as a motivation for that. You know, I want to be rich. I want to be this. I want to be. It can't be because I'm seeing somebody else flourish. Yeah, that's nice. I need to be grateful for them first. I need to be being like, good for you first and then saying that's that is already on my path faith in myself and my self-worth because Mm -hmm. then it turns into reaching and clawing and trying to do everything for a penny and that energy comes back to you clawing and reaching for whatever it's not abundant it's not whole (laughs) it's not nice it's not fun it's struggle it's not cute and no it's not and it doesn't feel cute when we struggle like that I've been there you know I've been there and I've I've, I've had the manifestations work for me in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what, you know, made me change is that I realized that a couple of years ago, I realized how much I was doing for other people. I realized how much I was actually sacrificing. I realized how much of myself was actually, you know, how, how much of Chloe was dwindling the fuck away in there. And I didn't realize it. And it, it really, you know, now the, now the journey is figuring all this stuff out and rewriting all of it um, and getting connected with yourself and your body and your, you know, the soul nerve that we talked about at the beginning, you know, getting in touch with yourself is a great place to continue to be. And it's not something that's ever, you know, you're never going to say, oh, I'm going to stop communicating with myself today. Oh, I'm done. I'm, I've communicated with myself enough. I've done Mm -hmm. enough communicating with my, no, you've never done enough. Never until, until you've communicated with yourself less than anybody else in your life, basically, probably. So, right. Because if you're saying that, then your ego needs to be humbled. Where's Kendrick. (laughs) Right. And I've had to do that, you know, and I'm saying all of this Mm -hmm. stuff while being the person who's been on that side, because I've had to have someone spiritually call me out. I've had, therapist have to call me out I've had to have that situation where I didn't necessarily have the luxury of telling myself that I had to be embarrassed and I had Mm -hmm. to sit in that embarrassment and Mm -hmm. sometimes I think that's what people are really afraid of yes is being fucking embarrassed but the reality and and I I really you know that's what it is is people don't want to be embarrassed by the shit that they've done and healing is not fun because you have to sit in that embarrassment. Mm-hmm. You have to. It's part of it. you have to feel it. That's yes. the clean pain. Yes, the embarrassment Heather. is the clean pain. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That is the clean pain. So, you know. I and think everything that you're doing to not feel that embarrassment is the dirty. It's the dirty <laughs> it's the shit. Dirty. It's the dirty shit. It's the self-sabotaging. That leads to the dirty pain. Pro- procrastinating. You know, it really is the betrayal of yourself to do Mm -hmm. that. And it's not the betrayal of anybody else. It really is, you know, it's the betrayal of that golden light that's inside of all of us that we all want to be, you know, it's why you're listening. It's why you're here. It's why you look at all the stuff that we post. It's because you have that in you and we all do. Um, But, you know, we have to be able to accept an embarrassment. We have to be able to accept fear. We have to be able to accept the fact that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings us back to hilarity because, like, the death card too comes seriously. out this week too. Oh, yeah. Speaking, oh of. yeah, it's the perfect <laughs> one. And honestly, one of the cards that we're gonna um, Fridays when it comes out, by the way, on Patreon. So get hype. But one of the cards, the um, I think it's the White Newman Tarot. The death card is a a gorgeous baddie on a horse like going like going into an internal like battle it's just it's i can't wait for you guys to see it it's so gorgeous and it's just like you have a baddie right like the death is you bringing death to all of that um all of the the dirty <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um but we're not going to talk about all of that right now 
You'll, you'll, you'll get, no, I mean, I give them the sneak peek. We dip the toe and now it's your job to <laughs> stick the whole foot in the black lake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why well, gotta be black? <laughs> Cause it's um, dirty, bitch. <laughs> wow. You, oh, so you, racist. Know, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. You know what the fuck I meant. Don't even do that. <laughs> uh, you were just funny talking too, about that I'm like... sludge 0.5 seconds ago. I was uh-huh. with the murky water bitch I know I couldn't help myself I'm sorry it's sometimes fine. I crack myself up <laughs> years now it's fine that was actually hilarious you're like actually that was not funny at all <laughs> I was being serious <laughs> uh, here sorry. we are <laughs> anyway um, that leads perfectly into my quote it doesn't cold open um, this is from the power of kindness the Unexpected Benefits of Leading a Compassionate Life by Piero Ferrucci, who is a psychotherapist and philosopher. Um, what I like about this book is that each chapter is broken up into like a virtue, basically, because this chapter is called Honesty. There's one called Patience, Respect, Memory, um, Gratitude, Service, Joy. There's more, but I'm not going to go through them all. So it's cool because you can just be like, I'm going to read one chapter and then you have like a complete thought like you know you're getting a whole encapsulated thing to work with which is cool so this is a spliced together quote of three different parts just so that yeah so I'm just gonna read it it goes like this (laughs) honesty is often embarrassing the truth can be sharp and uncomfortable the truth teller tactless the receiver disturbed by the revelation At first, it seems that telling the truth is more uncomfortable and difficult than telling a lie. And it is just this conviction that leads us to lie in order to hide our weakness and avoid giving explanations or getting into trouble, out of laziness or perhaps out of fear. Yet it is falsehood that in the long run is more difficult and complicates our life. To be transparent is a relief. Muddy water hides a host of unpleasant surprises. Clear water shows us the bottom of the sea, the rubbish and debris if they are there, but also the multicolored fish, shells, starfish. Honesty allows us to look into someone's eyes and through them into the heart because there is no veil, no fiction. It allows us to let ourselves be seen and to look back without averting our eyes. (laughs) So I like especially how he wraps up the end about it lets us see and be seen because I feel like I didn't understand that feeling. If I had never like been, I feel like radically honest about myself, (laughs) you know, like with another person, I wouldn't know what that meant or with myself, I wouldn't know what that meant. And that's not to say that I always am, but I feel like there are times where you can feel that openness And it is transcendent, right? Like that sense of connection in that way is so nurturing. Like it can carry for decades, in my opinion, not having been long alive long enough to verify that, but I just feel like it can. (laughs) So, um, but that only comes with that honesty, right? Because you know, if you're, if you, if you're being honest, right, what said that metaphor about the debris being there, it's like, if we got debris in us, we got garbage in us, and they can see it, and they're still there trying to look look at it, it's like, then we know that it's accepted, you know? Then we know that it's okay that it just is, um, if we need that. But we can give that to ourselves. Um, I just mean, like, seeing it reflected honestly is is the thing that allows us to have that relief and to to feel seen and allow ourselves to be seen, like to feel seen within ourselves, to allow ourselves to be seen by ourselves, by other people and to present as ourselves on purpose. Um, And that's like, what a beautiful existence that would be. Right. Yeah. But then it's also kind of like the admittance of how afraid one might be to achieve that because realistically you know we talk about moving through clean and dirty pain you know if I read that clean pain passage and you were like yeah that makes sense that that's like the more ideal route like I would should do that but think about how often do you really do that Mm -hmm. and how many times it's kind of like well it, it does seem like common sense 
but what are you really afraid of? Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily see, you know, I think a lot of that acceptance is, is we don't really see the decisions that we make as making decisions out of fear. Especially kind of when it comes to stuff like when bettering Especially if yourself. you're a prideful person. If you are, yeah. And I think a lot of and what trauma does, <laughs> what trauma does is it makes you a sense of, you know, this whole masculine energy of like, I'm strong, I'm resilient, I can get through anything, I can do anything, I'm this tough, nothing can break me, I've endured so much, you know, like I've been through so much, you know, no one understands, blah, 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 blah. you know, all, like, all, all, all Why do you have to prove it? Can't that just be true? <laughs> All of that, you know, we sit in so much of that, that it really is the acceptance of, well, why am I do, why am I so afraid to not do that? Why can't I just be weak for a second? Why am I so afraid to be vulnerable? Why am I so afraid to be embarrassed? You know, and then as you think of those things, those events that happen to you should be coming up, you know, they might be popping up. And if you you can't remember fully, totally, find someone who can help you safely do that. Because putting it on the back burner because you can't remember, or if you're just if you're not really sure, that's hey, not helping you. I got a I got a call. I don't that's know. That's okay. You, I can still hear. hear you. Well, I just don't think that it. I doubt it recorded. Oh no, it didn't. Because I'm the host. So. I don't know if you can go back a couple sentences. Um, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I'm just trying to think of what I was saying. Um, If we go back to, because I was pointing behind me. Sorry. (laughs) Um, um, If we can go back to... You were talking about how we don't see ourselves as acting, making decisions out of fear. Um, But if we can go back to the moments where that fear is coming from, be honest about it. I think you're. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, If we can, if we can go back to the moments where these events are coming up. And if you're thinking about these feelings, you know, why you can't do things. You know, for some people, it might be easier to remember or not. But if I think about, you know, why I'm embarrassed to say that a business of mine failed, I'm thinking of all of the times I felt like I needed to be really successful around my peers. And that's a lot of school situations. So in the back of my mind, you know, I'm flooded with all of these experiences. And the reality is, is that you have to work through every single one. And I don't think people realize that. People don't realize that you have to go through the bank of life shit that's happened to you. If someone said something to you in sixth grade and seventh grade, you have to go through all of that because the reality is, is that chances are you didn't, you didn't process that into clean pain, which is why you're thinking about it, which is why when you think about something that, you know, Timmy Tom said to you in fifth grade and you're like, I feel still feel some type of way. Well, there's a reason for that. You need to do the work for that. And you need to do the work for every single time something made you feel some type of way where you're still holding on to that energy. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. I've, you know, I, I can't remember what book it was, but I, I read a book a couple years ago where it was, if you look back in a situation and it really makes you feel some type of way you haven't, you haven't healed from it. It doesn't matter what it is. And I think a lot of people go through life where even if it's happened a long time ago, they, they consider that as healed, you know, been there, done that. I talked about it with a couple of people. I got it out and I'm good. Or I didn't, but I'm here. Right. Or I didn't, but I'm here. Or I, I recognize that it made me, you know, anxious or depressed and I just kind of waited until it went away. That's right. not that's not doing the work either. You know, it's sure isn't. it's definitely something to recognize as something that if something knocks you out for that long or if something makes you feel that way, yes, it's definitely up for assessment. But it's definitely not productive in dealing with that clean and dirty pain. Um, so so yeah, like I'm, I, you know, I, I'm actually both of those things. Did you read both of them? Was that both of them? 
Yeah, that was I spliced a, I spliced three little paragraphs together. They really fit in so beautifully with everything. I think you know now that we've talked about them all, I really think that they they do work so well together. And I know you and I were talking about like which ones work for which. I think they blend so beautifully because the idea of being able to you know understand the feelings that we have in our body and how we can move through this pain, it accept it it requires that honesty. It yeah. really requires that, and requires that body communication. Um, so, and it's hard. So be graceful, give yourself grace as you, but like try and that's all, that's all we're trying to do. That's all we want you to do. Exactly. It's just about trying and like doing what feels right. And if something doesn't feel right, you didn't, you didn't fail. You just try something different. Yeah. Like good job giving it a try. You know, if it doesn't feel right because you're still not fully engaging because you're uncomfortable with trying something new, then try it again. But if it still doesn't feel right, then try something different. Like, that's okay. But keep trying until something something feels like it's nourishing. And then go with that. And that's and, all that you're, you need to do, you know, for now. Yeah. And we, and we did have a first quarter moon last week. So I'm sure there's people feeling a lot of pushback in a lot of ways. And I'm sure that there's, with all these retrogrades going on, I'm sure that there's people feeling like their failures are big failures. You know, I'm sure that mm-hmm. there's people that are saying, well, you know, I'm not proud of this moment when I did this, you know, and I don't necessarily know what to do, but I'm not proud with it. Be patient, patience. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, my unsolicited advice there is because it it is important that you sit in those moments where you Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily. Yeah, because then you learn and then you can Mm -hmm. be like me. And you're like, yeah, I spent a lot of time being ashamed, but the lessons and how I'm able to help people is just far more superior than how I ever felt sitting in that, you know, right. sitting in that dirty water. Ugh. And dirty water is gross. Like, let's be honest. You don't want to, if you don't want to shower in it, don't put it in your soul nerve, your spirit, whatever. No, nope. <laughs> but don't be afraid to walk into that shit when you need to. Right. Yeah. You, you don't want to add it, but you can't be afraid to walk into it. And that's a lot of what shadow work is. It's a lot of actively and willingly going into those scary parts think about it not just shadow Mm -hmm. self but you're stepping into your fears we're talking about all of these quotes that we've just talked about you have to be able to faithfully within yourself know that you can walk into those fears and nothing's going to happen to you into that moment you know knowing what safely you can what you can handle you know having your support system having your group having your sacred space all of the things that we've spent so many hours talking about can aid in helping you on your healing journey and your healing path and it can be unique to you and beautiful to you and i think that's another thing is that you know your healing journey is going to be unique and it's not going to look like ours. Heather's journey does not look like mine and mine does not look like Heather's, but our values and the end goal is the same, but we find our own beauty in our own journeys. And that's something that makes people feel like they're validating their self-worth when they can admit that their own journey is beautiful and it doesn't have to be like anybody else's or it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. Yes, exactly. And we just appreciate you guys being here. We want to thank all of you. You you know, you spent spent a good hour with us and you could have spent that hour doing anything else or listening to anybody else, but you're here, you're doing the work and like, that's what's up. Um, And yeah, we're just really thankful for everybody. Um, Make sure that you're following, keeping up with us on social media instagram mostly (laughs) um all of our links for everything is going to be posted in the show notes so if you want to find us on social media and like reach out to us we love to hear from you um we post we post stuff frequently so check in with that um our healing community if you want to join our shadow family is on patreon um a lot of cool stuff coming for you guys that's where our tarot tributes are that's where we'll be talking about the death card on friday um so yeah, definitely check that out. All of those things in the show notes, as well as all of the resources, like all the texts we've talked about and the resources link. Um, it's also in all of our social media bios or not bios, but like links. Um, no, yeah, bios. <laughs> yeah. Me. We just use, we use Linktree in case anybody's wondering. So you like click on our link in the bio and it has a bunch of links. Um, 
But if you click on the resources one, anywhere where it is our internet domain, it'll take you to a live document where we have everything that we reference linked in there, plus, plus just random stuff that we come across that we feel like is useful and helpful. So definitely give those yeah. things a check, a check out. <laughs> yes. And with all of the reading and stuff that we do, all the, all the information in our big brains that we got, chances are if something's on that resource page, there's a reason we either want you to read it or we've mentioned a little tidbit of gold in there from that something. Um, so yeah, that's what we're using. Yeah. And we're not hiding anything from you guys. And also too, you know, self-education is just as good. <laughs> yeah, that's what we believe. <laughs> that's so, why we're here. <laughs> it, literally. That's why we're here. So no one taught us any of this. So we had to do it yeah. ourselves. <laughs> Yep, and we just this is just one way in which we'd like it make it easier. I'd like to make it easier for you to do it yourself. And you know what? This honestly, it's like this this type of healing should be facilitated in that you shouldn't have to figure out like what kind of resources to look for and like how yeah, where maybe to start for yourself. Like those things I think could be facilitated that would make things a lot easier and that's kind of what we're trying to provide here, but the work of it all has to happen pretty much independently. So, you so know, you're welcome again. More gifts <laughs> from the shadow collection. <laughs> so get into it. Get into it, sweetheart. All right. We will see you next week for another episode, season two, episode two, which um, I actually don't remember what it's going to be about, but I'm sure it's going to be fire. So <laughs> it will be. Either. Whatever be it is, it'll be fire. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.